Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. The first batch of college football playoff rankings have been released. Ride the green wave. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. the Maction Maestro, back for another November of perfect Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And with me, as always, is AJ War Damn Eagle Marchese. Oh, we love when people get fired, Rob. Nothing I like more than when a family has to be up. up mm-hmm. Today, we're talking all the NFL draft prospects who skated, faded, and baited during week nine of college football. Let's do Seven. 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 Seven rounds in heaven with my baby. Driving out to Casey, maybe. Looking for Stroud or a Bryce Young. Who's going to wear a Hawaiian shirt today? Who's going to put ketchup on a stick? Who's going to find a steal? In the fifth, the home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. Today's episode of Seven Rounds in Heaven is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sportsdrink. Spelled like sports drink without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying to not let the funk out. We especially want to keep the funk in during the action season. Um, currently, Ball State's taking on Kent State. Ohio's taking on Buffalo. Both games are riveting. And maybe more importantly to some but not to us, the college football playoff rankings have finally dropped. No. And your Tennessee Volunteers are the inaugural number one team in the country. Uh, college football playoff rankings are definitely just to like drive up ratings for that week's games, right? Yeah, it worked. LSU's 10. They're taking on Bama, who's 6. It's a double top 10. It's top 10 SEC matchups, baby. Uh, Georgia-Tennessee, 1-3. and three. Although... They they really should have put Georgia too because like realistically it wouldn't have mattered. What's the Ohio point? State fan. Yeah, exactly. They should have put. So I kind of don't respect that. Lean into it more. Maybe they, what you're doing. just trying to throw us off their scent. I guess. It's it's, it's not it's working. Smart idea. But... It's it's yeah, and, and they love the Pac-12 this year. Who doesn't though? There's good ball out west right now. And uh, my two lane green wave uh, are nineteenth. And your Oregon State Beavers are 23rd, so mm-hmm. it's a great year. It's the first time either have ever been ranked in the playoffs. Yeah, Love who it. else? Illinois, 16. First time they've ever been ranked. 
Oh, the the Illinois Hounds are barking right now. Congrats, Illini. I, I, I thought that was Smokey, uh, old Rocky Top. <laughs> it probably is, baby. Uh, I feel like that's the only game. I mean, those are the only games that are good this week, but more on that later. For now, let's uh, stick with SEC talk. Brian Harson finally out at Auburn. Um, after going 9-12 and 12 over a year and a half, we had the whole summer drama with him. Uh, pretty much anyone who was involved with hiring him is no longer at Auburn. They brought him from Boise State after he went 69-19. and 19. Uh, By all accounts, it was a terrible, terrible um, tenure. Auburn hired Mississippi State Athletic Director John Cohen just the other day. This all makes sense. They need alignment in Auburn. A couple interesting head coaching options. Um I don't think anything re- – like, none of them I feel amazing about. I don't know about uh, you. I, from what I've – I saw the list, and no, I totally agree. All of it's like – like, I don't know. Obviously, Lane Kiffin's the biggest one, Ole Miss head coach, which is in the SEC West with Auburn. So that's you, a little bit interesting. Do you see him moving I, – I don't know how, where you want to go. Do, do you see him jumping to Auburn? I, I've heard the reason he would is because the NIL collective. Auburn's got more money to spend. Uh, I mean, just look at the bios they're paying on head coaches. <laughs> yeah. I think it's $37 million. Um, So I think that's the difference. Apparently Ole Miss is kind of short on cash right now in terms of NIL. So to me, that it, it makes sense in that facet. Um, Lane wins everywhere he goes. Mm-hmm. He, he also strikes me as someone who the Auburn, old faithful Auburn fans could turn on real fast. Uh, but he also has the type of offense that if you're bringing elite recruits in, like, he's going to do well. He's not the best recruiter, though. Mm-hmm. He's done a really good job accessing the transfer portal rather than yeah. uh, living on the recruiting trail. So, I don't know. I think it's interesting. I think it's clearly the the one that makes sense both in terms of his success aligning with what Auburn would be looking for his, his offensive mind um, kind of making igniting the excitement around the program again. And he's got the personality, the social media stuff. Like he knows what he's doing in that. Yeah. Uh, he's also kind of goofy and I don't know if Auburn people love that. Um, but Hey, it would make uh, it make the iron bowl that much more exciting. That's true. Now, I, I think there's an obvious choice here for Auburn. Uh, for, for the memes, at least. It's got to be Matty Rule, baby. I mean, if we're talking memes, it could also be Hugh Freeze. <laughs> yeah. Hugh Freeze Hugh Freeze just signed the extension at Liberty. I don't think that one's real. Every, by all accounts, Greg Sankey doesn't want him back in the SEC either. So <laughs> that doesn't sound realistic, but I, I love that his name pops up for everything. Um, Matt Rule is kind of interesting. I think it's such a weird swing. I think it would leave a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths just coming off that Panthers tenure. I feel like this is a big job. Like, this is one of the 10 or so jobs in the country that you can win a national championship at. Like, I know Matt Rule turned around Baylor and Temple, but, like, I don't know. It, It feels like he should kind of build his brand back at maybe a step lower than this within the power mm-hmm. five first. Yeah, that's fair. Um, do you think it'd be like, I feel like it's kind of a name for boosters to get behind though. I don't know. I don't know. I don't he see it happening. Say, 
He would. He would. I guess if him versus Lane Kiffin, you'd worry less about him in front of the mic. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, you would. He he would. I think align with the way he is. His demeanor would align more with exactly uh, old Auburn money. Yeah. Um, there's also Deion Sanders at Jackson State, um, don't, who don't seems to be the 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 token minority that people are trumpeting each year because we got to throw one in um, because college football athletic directors tend to just only hire white people. Uh, and their short lists given to them generally by coaching uh, search firms are just white people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're like, it's kind of annoying. Um, I don't think Auburn would hire Dion. I also don't know that Dion would take that job. I don't think so either. I think Dion's waiting for. Dion's playing it really smart. He is. Um, it, so what, there's that. That's not surprising though. What doesn't he play smart, you know? Amen. Uh, Mark Stoops at Kentucky, the safest job in the country. Would he leave that for Auburn? I'm not sure. I also think that's someone that wouldn't excite Auburn people. Agreed. But it'd be a safe hire, but I don't like. I don't know if that that's what you want. You know what though? I was thinking how if Oregon didn't hire Dan Lanning last year, Dan Lanning, Georgia DC to Auburn head coach would have made so much sense. Yeah, it would have. So I don't know if he'd jump after a year. We've, we've seen the trend of people jumping from Oregon, so. It's true. Uh, then there's Mike Leach, who John Cohen hired at Mississippi State. I, I don't see that one. I don't either, but I think it's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Chadwell at Coastal Carolina is like the it's G5 always, guy. Yeah. To, yeah. But this isn't the one. I, he's never coached in the Power Five. I think the big thing, the big lesson learned with the Brian Harson hire was you have to hire a guy who knows that geographical area for recruiting and in understands the time and effort that goes into recruiting in the sec not to say chadwell couldn't do that i just think it's too big a swing mm-hmm. uh the the a couple other names that were mentioned bill clark who is uab's head coach that'd be cool or was was bill was you took the year off because of his back we don't know if he'll get back in the coaching alabama oc bill o'brien which feels like if they don't get the guy they want, like they're going to end up with Bill O'Brien. <laughs> uh, Baylor OC Jeff Grimes, who was the O-line coach at Auburn when they won the Natty, and uh, Georgia OC Todd Munkin. I, do you think it's just Kiffin? I feel like if it, if they don't hire Kiffin, whoever they hire, it's, it's going to be tough to rally the fan base behind. Yeah. Just based off this list of names. I mean, last year it's not like Lincoln Riley was when, yeah. when uh, Clay Helton's fired was on the USC list. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. So who knows? You never know. Maybe Nick Saban takes the job, AJ. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, are you throwing that out there? Lock it in. Yeah, lock it in. Okay, lock let's move in. on. Let's move on. Uh, we do have one 2023 NFL draft declaration. I actually don't know this. Let's hear it. Well, uh, after Billy Napier kicked Brenton Cox Jr. Oh, off the yeah. Florida Gators yeah. roster, he declared for the draft. Um, in three years at Florida, he's a really productive player. He also started his career at Georgia. But three years at Florida, 31.5 TFLs, 13.5 sacks. He's an NFL talent on the field. Um, yep. He, he, it sounds like might have been a toxic uh person in the locker room though and it kind of sounds like there wasn't just one thing that got him kicked off the team it was cumulative um 
But, I mean, hey, we've seen guys who've done far worse things get drafted. That is true, but maybe not guys that have done, you know, have not been on their college football team, you know, at that at this point get drafted, you know. Uh, bro, Terrell Tr- Pryor went in the supplemental draft. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, so I, I, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there because I think he was definitely a player who would have been drafted. Yeah, he would have, for sure. So we'll see. Um, hey, that that we, we've hit a fired coach, a declaration, a college football playoff rankings, and we're watching the action. That, and the clock on the action game is wrong. It says 83.02. That is the uh, seven rounds in heaven. We're in uh, it. Trifecta plus one. We're in it. We're in it. This is the thick of college. I can't believe it's November already. I can't believe it's the last month of college football. But you feel it in the air tonight. Yeah, Thanksgiving not so far away. I booked off the whole week of work for it. <laughs> Good call. Thank you. Uh, let's get into it. College football week nine. Superlative, starting with the best freshman. I'll get right to it. I only have one. Uh, my honors go to Katron Allen, mm-hmm. the other Penn State running back. Oh, my goodness. Sorry, former Ohio State receiver is making plays in the action. Uh, but Katron Allen, speaking of Ohio State, he was kind of the the the, the guy for Penn State yeah. in this game at times outside of Purple, Washington. 76 on the ground and a score, caught a touchdown. Uh, him and Nick Singleton look like they they could be a very dynamic one-two punch yeah, over the next couple of years. They're going to be a problem. That, that touchdown was pretty nasty on the fourth and goal. Eichenberg had him like dead to rights in the backfield just like – Yep. discard Sam keeps his feet and just powers into the end zone and that's kind of what Allen's game is uh, yeah uh, uh, they're going to uh, be a problem Allen also looks and plays a lot bigger than he is yeah he's kind of like the at least the way I, I felt was he's kind of like the hammer to sick Nick Singleton's lightning mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. totally uh, do you have anybody yeah I'll throw it two more speaking of uh, hammer and lightning Quinshawn Judkins just keeps going off he had over yeah, 200 yards on 34 carries he broke a crazy amount of tackles. Um, he's the dude. Evans is behind him, so that's going to be interesting to watch going forward. And, and how about something good for uh, for the old Aggies? Their their freshman quarterback Connor Wegman look, look like the best A and M quarterback since Kellamon left. Uh, I don't I don't know what took him so long to get a shot. He got Moose Muhammad and Evan Stewart going. He had four touchdowns. Uh, I get to see him against the Gators this week. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe AM finally found their quarterback. Jimbo's recruited the right talent there. Jimbo just needs to hire an offensive coordinator who is innovative and willing to move away from this old school complex pro style system, especially mm-hmm. when you're seeing what Tennessee's doing within that complex. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, just circling back to Junkins, I th- I, I I wonder if it'll be used against Zach Evans. I think this is a positive. Zach I, Evans is going to be fresh as hell. I do too, but it will probably be used as a negative, at least in media circles, maybe a little bit yeah. in the actual draft, but it, it is a positive. It's not like he's playing poorly. He had like nine yards to carry this week. Yeah, exactly. He's On the season, he's got 680 and seven touchdowns, 6.3 a carry. Like Judkins is awesome. That doesn't mean Zach Evans isn't. Exactly. Um, Evans has a good chance to go into the draft with under 300 attempts in his career. Again, that is a very big positive for a running back. I love that. Um, Speaking of very big positives, really good football players. Great transition. Yep. (laughs) Uh, We found out who the best football player in the country is this past weekend. (laughs) Yep. Okay. 
He was the best yeah, football right? player in the country this weekend. I'll give it to you, including you NFL. know what. You know what? I'm gonna I'm ready to argue this. The three sophomores I have written down, yeah, might be the three best players in the country. That, yeah, I don't disagree with you. Go ahead. JT Tui Molao Molao Tui Molao, I think Tui Molao. Uh, the Ohio State defensive lineman, who was, I I remember following his recruiting. Uh, very closely because he he was super late in declaring it was the covid year his senior year of high school and so he he put it off because he wanted to do his campus visits it it came down to ohio state alabama and washington should have stayed home he chose ohio state he's from the state of washington um and there was a lot of hype around them getting him and jack sawyer well he just had his freaking breakout game he's been good this year but holy moly yeah. Three TFLs, two sacks, a PBU that led to an interception, two interceptions, one of which he returned for a touchdown. It was one of the most dominant college football performances, regardless of position, that I have ever seen. Yeah. He he at one point single handedly had Ohio State covering against Penn State after they were down sixteen fourteen. Yeah. Uh he did everything. Like uh, it was right away too. You know, he had the deflection to lead to the Harrison interception. Uh, and then, like, the first pick was just, like, how the fuck did he get that low and handling that ball? Like, like that was ri- ridiculous. I mean, it, it really – it was the best defensive performance this year easily. And like you said, maybe one of the most dominant in recent memory. Yeah, and then the other pick, he just yeah. rose up. He's doing it all. While getting blocked. Do? like, And then just the hands to catch. Like, he's got great hands, at least. Playing both ways. Playing both ways. And, and uh, the, the PBU he had was – uh, led to Zach Harrison interception yeah, too, yeah. and yeah, like the 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 first interception he had, he he was dropping into coverage, right? And yeah. he, he he picked up a running back. He's a like a two hundred and he's a bit of a tweener. He uh, was a guy who they they thought could play a little bit inside. He's like two eighty, and he looked fluid in coverage. And then he he had that sack where he just freaking threw the right tackle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I mean combination of power and athleticism is super exciting with him he's a guy i think we're gonna be talking about a lot next year uh, uh, maybe he's he's he he if this is kind of the catalyst for him to kind of break out and be that next ohio defensive lineman ohio state defensive lineman uh i think they, they have a, a a very good shot uh in the playoff this year i was gonna say yeah just from a college football perspective having him come on you know rolling into november that that's yeah that's 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 an x factor um, Speaking of X factors, on the other side of the ball, Rob. Yeah, Marvin Harrison Jr. just right back at it again. Ten yeah. catches, 185 yards. He's a name you can put here every single week. Yeah, I think he 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 might on. And it, it's a weak NFL draft this year for receivers. Bad free agent um, class too. Just yeah, to throw out there. Ne- next year, he he's looking like receiver one. He might be the most talented receiver in the country right now. Um. He just – you can't cover him one-on-one. He is too ba- damn big. He's too damn athletic. Uh, the ball skills, the body control, it, it's just ridiculous. Like, he was, his ability to just – like, he can burn you, but he can win those 50-50 yeah. balls too. So not a lot of receivers in the country who can do both those things at the level he's doing it. Um, and he's making these insane sideline catches, and it's just every week. He feels so complete and so freakish. And this was a game where Penn State, Penn State's DBs, like Joey Porter, played a pretty good game. Uh, I put him Marvin somewhere. Harrison, yeah, yeah. Mar- Marvin Harrison wasn't doing this against him. No, 
But like uh, Joey Porter was shutting down Omeka Ibuka opposite him, and JSM wasn't playing. It was like they leaned on Marvin Harrison. Yeah, and I mean this, you know, this was no uh, no sure thing until you know JT called game, but. Yeah, no, they fucking leaned on him, and he came up huge. I mean, and he's been doing that all year. I mean, I don't think they would have lost the game without him this year. Maybe, maybe this one, but just for him to step up, like you said, with Jason, you know, been banged up all year. Egbuka stepped up too, but, like, just the ability for him to, you know, look like the best receiver in the country. I mean, I think he is, right? Just, that's freak. That's freak shit. It is big time. You know what else freak shit? Brock Bowers. He is. Yeah. <laughs> Tardans shouldn't be able to do what he's able to do. No. No, they shouldn't. Um, God. He, he's so I good. Feel like, <laughs> I feel like the only two tight ends we've seen in like the history of this show do these types of things are him and Kyle Pitts. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's like so much Michael Meyer love. And like he's a good, he's a very, very good tenant in his own right. But he's, then you flip the channel and you watch Brock Bowers and he's in a world of his own. The, the, I think the difference there is like M- Michael Meyer, more of that classic, like kind yeah. of in line tight end. But like uh, that's not to diminish the athleticism. Yeah. But he's a big, strong, physical player. Brock Bowers. I don't know that there's a tight end in the country more fluid than he is. There isn't. There isn't. Um, and, 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 and he and can block. Touchdown, he can block, too. Yeah, and he, he can block, and he, you can move him around. Uh, the touchdown was insane. Amari Bernie had great coverage. I feel bad for Amari um, Bernie. He, he played a good game. Um, and, and deflected the ball. Brock Bowers comes down with it anyway and, and runs it in for a touchdown. Monster. And I, I threw two other names here because I figured it would just be all those three guys. So just a couple like uh, guys that kind of popped on the scene, I thought. Uh, Notre Dame running back Audric Estimi. I'm not sure if I'm saying his right, last name right. But yeah, look good. Yeah, he's a big, strong Yeah, guy. he's a fucking he load. He runs they, hard. They think I think they've kind of found their identity under Marcus Freeman. Play really damn good defense and run the fucking football. I, honestly, I think that's a likable Notre Dame strategy. I think that's what they should be. And, yeah, he looks like he can be that catalyst for just – he's a big old load. He's fun. Um and for Michigan State, the, probably the only good Spartan was uh, Keon Coleman, the, the wide receiver. 6'4", 215, it is the only thing getting them going at 155 yards and a touchdown. Just physical as hell. Uh, had the jump ball, touchdown, just boxing dudes out. Uh, he, he, was a, he was a monster. Maybe, again, maybe they're identity trying to, trying to save their season. Um, I, I was just looking at Brock Bauer's stats. He has 20 touchdowns in 22 games. I, that's got to be the record for a tight end to start their college football career. It's also, like, so ridiculous that, like, uh, you know, I know Gilbert doesn't really play, but, like, just they might have, like, the most loaded tight end room of all time, and he's, like, head and shoulders above the others. And, like, he's on a national championship winning team, and he's the best player on the offense. Like, it just – I feel like we were maybe next year we'll start to kind of come to it, but I feel like we're not appreciating him enough yet. Well, I, I think he was appreciated – a lot last year, mm, especially yeah. late, and it feels like this year it's like we're we've almost normalized the insane yeah. things he's doing. Yeah, um, and I do want to say, yeah, he he is the most talented tight end in the country, and his teammate is a top three tight end in this draft. Probably, yeah, yeah, it's crazy, it's crazy. All right, getting into it now. Draft eligible prospects. Decent weekday slate, only getting better. Uh, I've already got next week's weekday warrior as I watch him destroy the <laughs> Buffalo secondary. Um, but I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give you a combo from the NC state, Virginia tech game. The NC state linebackers are just fun to watch. Like that mm-hmm. team, 
That team is is hurting for offense. Mikey Morris did come in at quarterback. They ended up winning the game 22-21. But those linebackers were keeping them in it. Uh, Drake Thomas, Peyton Wilson, less so Isaiah Moore, but the three of them combined for 16 tackles, five TFLs, three sacks, three hurries, and a PBU. Uh, I just love watching the three of them. Like, Peyton Wilson's so long and athletic. Yeah. Drake Thomas is just... Like, Drake Thomas might... If he doesn't make it as an NFL linebacker, legit, I think he makes it as an NFL fullback. <laughs> um, and uh, Isaiah Moore's uh, just kind of an old-school run-stuffer, but has a little bit more athleticism to hang coverage. All three of them, I think, will be playing in the NFL. Yeah, and Wilson, Wilson probably had the most impressive game of the three, and... Yeah, he's the the, the top dog there. For yeah, sure. for sure. Um, um, I just want sorry. I just want the other side of the ball for Virginia Tech. It's my pick. Receiver. You want to talk about him? No, go guy? ahead. Go ahead. He's my. <laughs> he's the manual. Go yeah, ahead. You talked about him before, haven't you? Yeah, I have. I, I like him. Go ahead, though. Caleb Smith, the receiver, who three catches, 141 yards, and a touchdown. He had the 85 yard touchdown, and then like. <laughs> A couple plays later, has this insane catch. Like, mm. all his catchers are just goofy because, like, Grant Wells might not be a good quarterback, even though AJ loves him. Um, He's but, fun. But, but Grant Wells was slinging, at least <laughs> letting Caleb Smith make some plays. And uh, Smith is fun. You know, he's a big bot, 6'2", 222. And, yeah, he just yeah. – he always just makes freaky plays. He's a lot of fun. He uh, He's going to be interesting, guy because he – this the like the size and athleticism combo and the kind of the circus catch ability. Yeah. Um, he's is he a senior? I I honestly can't remember. I th- I think he might. So the redshirt junior or a senior. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's a redshirt senior, so he's neither. Oh, okay. he no, no, you're right. You're uh, right. Don't worry. Th- this is a guy who's gonna go to the East West Shrine Bowl and dunk <laughs> on guys, yeah. or the Hula Bowl, <laughs> or uh, what's Eric Galco's? Or is he uh, East West Shrine Bowl? He's East West, yeah, yeah. Okay. What's the oh the NFL PA bowl? Yeah. Oh, I can't I, I, we, we, get, we get, don't get into senior bowl, East West Shrine Bowl, NFL PA bowl season where they're all like trying to argue they're the best. We don't oh God. We don't recognize the PA bowl anymore since they left the uh wait, no, the shrine left the pro, the trop. I don't recognize Galco brought them to Vegas. Yeah, I don't know. I don't respect that. You know you know yeah. where I stand. I'm yeah, I'm Nagy for life. I'm Nagy for you're, life. You're, I'm who I'm whoever's in charge of the PA bowl. <laughs> I think it might be you if you keep uh, if you keep saying that. I I think I could be in charge of like one of the like really D tier ones. <laughs> the hula. Yeah, the hula's a little too big. To a little too me. big. Okay, sorry. I just probably start my own. I think last year when we were, we were we were having a similar discussion, we looked into one and it was like we could sign up to play out. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Like we just had to submit some info and we could be there. Should we like start like the Ice Bowl? Like the toughest players come to Canada in January. We we, we only take guys who play in in uh, universities in the Northeast and the Midwest. You know what? The underrepresented, underrepresented group. I like. I'm I, look. Let's end the podcast here and let's let's start drawing ideas down. Just a bunch of players from Mount Union. Okay, you want to get into the best offensive and defensive prospect? Yeah, let's do it. I found it to be not a super clear week. I probably say that most weeks. Uh, no, I, um, I agree with you. I went with an, I don't know, a little bit of an easy pick on offense. Maybe defense. I thought was there was no one clear. Both my guys, I think you you do kind of look a little bit closer to see them. Ooh, I like that. That's positions, fun. Positions you're not necessarily paying attention to. Okay. On the bro- broadcast, but. Um, 
I'd like to hear who your offensive one is. Offense, uh, it's it's a positions two guys. I mean, they split it. They're getting more attention than anyone else in college football right now. Maybe I give it to Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt for uh, for cooking the cats. Uh, Hooker wasn't a, like you know big, big, big flashy game. Two forty five, three touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown, which was sweet. Just stuck his foot on the ground, made a guy miss, and then like you know spun off a dude and finished. That was great. I feel like his his athleticism is still a little underrated at this point. To to be completely honest, like he, he does ahead. a good job of only using it when he needs yeah. to use it. Yeah, very NFL already very, utilization. I I like uh, I saw someone tweeted this a while ago. They're like, when the defense has the answer uh, to Henning Hooker, he creates a new problem. Kind of using his athleticism, so there really is no answer at the college football level to him because of the arm talent the athleticism and i think most importantly the combo of efficiency and ball yeah. plays yeah like he doesn't turn the ball over at all no he doesn't i think that's what's been so remarkable about him this year um he's really been so complete and i mean look this is the test this week i can't wait for it going up against the, the dogs of georgia um but i mean he's he's done enough it, to, honestly i know we haven't dug in or anything he should be QB3. I, I know we haven't dug in. I don't know where QB3 goes, but he probably should be. Anyways, flip side, uh, I don't know if anyone else has helped their stock. Like, the two of these guys help their stock more than anyone else in the country. And, the, you know, Jalen Hyatt is just just too damn fast. Like, he, he might be the second best receiver in the country right now. Uh, 138 yards, two touchdowns on five catches. He's so, running wide open at times. Yeah, the first one, he just they had him in a little stack, and he was <laughs> wide open. It was a complete coverage bust. Just got behind the D, 55 yards. The, the second kinda, one, the, go ahead, yeah. At times it reminds me just of Devonta Smith uh, with Mac Jones yeah. and Steve Sarkeesian. Just the way he'd be running wide open yeah. sometimes. Yeah, no, Which agreed. is a credit to, to him and Josh Hubel. Yeah, definitely. Second touchdown, though, it was just like a nasty wheel route. Out of the slot, which again, yeah, Smith Smith did, did that a lot too. Uh, but just a nasty release, toasts man, and you know he's just he's just too damn fast. And Hooker doesn't miss, and that's that's just the recipe for these balls to get them number one in the country, number one in the I'm country. Re- I'm really excited to to get closer to draft time, really dig in and and kind of figure out these wide receiver rankings because, like we said, it's not a great mm-hmm. class. I think it's it's pretty clearly like Quinton Johnston's been the one of the top guys who's actually lived up to it so uh, far. Yeah, agreed. Um, but I wonder how high Hyatt ends up, especially because we've talked about his speed and, and the reported, what was he, sub 4-4? Four, four? Yeah, uh, I think I think they said sub 4-3. Yeah, we'll that's what. Sub 4-4 four, four is very believable, though. Like, uh, he he's an exciting, exciting player, obviously, so is Hennon Hooker. Uh, less excitingly, I picked... Alu Fashanu as the uh, Penn State good, left tackle in a good loss. Pick. I had him shooting up the board. He he just doesn't play bad games. Correct. Like if if he was gonna play one, you'd think it'd be this week. Uh, and despite JT destroying everybody, it wasn't against Fashanu. Um, he he just is such he's one he's only nineteen. Yeah, that's yeah. Two, that's that's the, I'm glad you said that first because that's what puts it all into perspective. Like how fucking good he's playing right now. He's so athletic. Yeah. He's so long. He is such a natural uh, mirror and pass protection. Like his ability, to, his ability to kind of like reset his feet, keep a strong. Like you think for a nineteen year old who is starting for the first time, he only started the bowl game last year where you saw flashes with him against Arkansas, but still 
You expect him to be super raw, and he doesn't seem to be overly raw. He has insane body control. Like, he shouldn't be this athletic, this controlled, and this strong at 6'6", 320, at just 19. It's so, it is so stupid. I think we are trending towards him being the top offensive tackle in this draft. I was about to ask you that. I was about to ask you that. Um, I feel like it just, he screams it, you know? Like, even if... You know, we get down to it, and I don't know. Like, you know, there's been other guys, you know, like 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 him that, like, okay, may not be the top one, but he's worth the the top pick of the group. You know what I mean? But I'm not saying that that's him. He's been so fucking good, and like you 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 throw this game, he was the best player on their offense. Uh, maybe maybe I mean, yeah, he was the best. I mean, he's the best draft prospect on offense. You go to the Michigan game, same situation. You know, the rest of the team crumbled, uh, but he was fantastic. And their two biggest games, he showed up the biggest. So. Uh, they lost both, but it don't matter. He, he's showing up, uh, and yeah, I agree. I, I think like if I were to put money down right now, with the odds, I think he's the first tackle taken. I mean, it's it's kind of like we're looking at him, Paris Johnson, and and Peter Skronsky probably right now. Peter Skronsky's mm-hmm. gonna have sub thirty three inch arms. Yeah, Paris Johnson, I think. Similarly to Fashanu, younger, uh, well, not younger than Skronsky, but like a true junior, super athletic, long. But I just think Fashanu's been better. Yeah. And that, that's no slight on John. Johnson's been great this year, too. Yeah. Big time. Fashanu's just that talented. The upside's there, too. Like, yeah. he, it's got everything you want. Uh, moving to defense, where uh, I guess we we both say, said it was a little less clear this week. Who'd you go with? Yeah, very, very, very unclear. I thought I had no one that was like, "Oh yeah, this is the dude." Um, so I I wanted to give it to a guy who like needed a big game after being quiet for for a long stretch, um, and it's a guy who instantly quieted the the what forever would be the Carrier Dome. Uh, I would give it to Brendan Joseph. He had the pick six on the first snap. I, I feel like we just haven't talked about him. So I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to give a guy some credit because I, I had no one, sh- you know, clear. Finally made, like, a big play, like, really nice play, read it perfectly, coming down, just cut it, uh, finished, uh, you know, like, kind of, like, avoided a couple tackles. And then, honestly, the real reason I gave him it, Rob, if you want to know, is because he had Tweet of the Week saying he was pleased. Oh, tweet was so funny. With his performance, you know, taking that shot at Sean, T- Sean Tucker as he has uh, tweeted a picture of him just, like, about to pile drive Sean Tucker. <laughs> that's that's the real reason I gave it to him for that tweet in a week that you know was so murky. I thought he, uh, I mean, Notre Dame needed that win. Yeah, their their defense played incredible. Like Syracuse's offense couldn't do a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he really started it. He gave them, if you believe in momentum, he gave them momentum off the bat with the pick six off Garrett Schrader. Yep. Uh, and he did a wonderful job there. And he did he played really well in coverage throughout that game. He did. He, he was physical coming up. Um, he's pr- probably going to end up a top 10 safety in this class. Yeah, I mean, like, really, we haven't really talked about him. He's been sliding down the board all year. So, like, he, he really needed a game like this, too. Uh, I'm going to go with a DB as well, but one who I, I think has all the hype in the world behind him, and that's Killy Ringo, the Georgia corner, who I thought was just, like, quietly incredible against Florida. Um. He was playing a ton of just press man. Florida needed Anthony Richardson in their passing attack to kind of – and I know the Gators don't have like a stud receiver. It's kind of Justin Shorter and, and, and um, Ricky Purcell. But, uh, <laughs> but like, just I, – I don't know. I just – at times I just watched Ringo uh, at, like, for good stretches. 
and watch him carry these deep routes downfield at 6-2-2-10. His ability to kind of just press a guy off the line of scrimmage, uh, take him to the outside, sink his hips, man turn and carry them is just ridiculous. And he's just, he's perfectly on them. And it's just, it's like teaching tape for press man coverage. Um, everything is there athletically for him to be the top corner in this class. It's, it's a pretty talented corner class. And I don't know. I just found it mesmerizing. I was like, I might as well pick him. I, I spent so much time of, of the, <laughs> uh, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party watching him that he has to be it. It feels like Ringo's stock has kind of uh, slipped a little bit because he's not I, having the plays on the ball. I'm not. I'm not saying I, he, I he don't deserves think it. It's, I, I just don't think anyone's talking about him. Just generally speaking, because he's been complete shut. He hasn't mm-hmm. given up a touchdown. I don't think this season. Uh, teams are less willing to target him now. He's just so big and athletic and physical. Um, this week is going to be the the real fun game for him, though. Like, see, yeah, exactly. And it, yeah, and it tees him up for this is his biggest challenge of the year. Is he? I wonder if he's going to follow Jalen Hyatt. Even um, that'll be that'll be a hell of a task. Definitely. And even if he even if he doesn't like Cedric Tillman, Brew McCoy, there's three NFL receivers and NFL quarterback. Uh, it's going to be so fun. Yeah, I think we'll definitely be talking about Ringo next week again. Uh, we'll see where. Um, speaking of the Beatles, I'm excited. For George, this. George's offensive lines uh, got a fearsome foursome in this NFL draft. Yeah, they do. Was that a good transition? Yeah, they were uh, walking the Gators front down Abbey Road, if you will, Rob. Um, sure. Uh, the, <laughs> they they had they had the the Florida pass rush twisting and shouting. I put them for a best prospect first prospect matchup. I thought they played really well as a whole, specifically they did. Bro- Broderick Jones and, and, and Cedric Van Pran. They ran yeah. for 239, didn't give up a damn sack. They dominated. Broderick Jones, uh, I thought he'd been a little up and down this year. This is a big-time performance for him. Agreed. I feel like he's been overhyped because you still see him, like, maybe the first tackle on a lot of mocks. Like, he hasn't played up to that, in, in my opinion. And, no, he was he was really great. Van Pran is – you know what's kind of annoying me, though, is, like, Jones is a little overrated. And Van Pran is still underrated because he's so damn good. Um, but yeah, I thought that was the clear. I haven't. I got another one too, but I think that was the best matchup. Um, we'll talk. We'll talk more on the, on the Gators front in a bit, I guess. But yeah, they were they were really fucking good. I I also same game, other offensive line. I thought Osiris Torrance played a really good game against Georgia. He had a couple. I don't know. Like I, he had it, like Carter kind of gave him hell a little bit. The, the, the like when he was in there, but Carter Carter was a lot of the time. Well. Obviously, he was in and out because yeah. it was his first game back to the injury. Yeah, a lot of it was over the left guard. Yeah, uh, I thought Torrance was doing a really freaking good job when it wasn't Jalen Carter. He's just such a big physical run mauler. Um, and that that Florida Gators offensive line as a whole didn't play amazing, but no, I thought he too. really stood out. I thought it was okay. I thought he was okay. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean that's a tough a tough task, you know. Um. But, Shoot up the board. I feel like I'll give I'll give the top guy uh, Parker Washington for that that hell of a performance against uh, against Ohio State. Eleven catches, hundred seventy nine yards, a touchdown. You know, had that just you know the the awesome catch and run yak touchdown. And then like it felt like every time you you know 
every time they had the ball, it was just another crazy play. That that amazing diving catch that uh, they I think they had to review. Just like had a nice third down pickup to move the chains, and like that, I think they went back to back to back to back to him on one of their touchdown drives. Like he felt like he was like the reason they were moving the football. Yeah. Um, and they had that like awesome contested catch down the sideline too. Like he 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 kind of did like he did it in every way. He did. Like you mentioned yeah. you like the the yak play was obviously the the big exciting one, but like yeah, the diving catch too, the contested catch, getting like, over the middle, yeah. And a, a guy who I think needed this type of game. He did. He definitely did. I thought he's been pretty lackluster. Yeah. 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 Like going back to the Michigan game, he had like almost no impact in that game. Yeah, definitely. Uh, still wasn't enough though. So. No. Because uh, the Buckeyes are built different. Uh, I also had Jalen Hyatt here. Um, obviously, you touched on him. I thought Cade Stover had a really nice game again for Ohio State. Stover uh, both as a yeah. pass catcher and a blocker. He sprung uh, one of the touchdown runs from Trivion Henderson. Uh, at 78 yards and a touchdown. He is uh, one of the biggest risers of the season. Uh, hey, you go Ohio State tight end. How about the Michigan tight end? Luke Schoonmaker, your guy. You like him better. I know you do. Five catches, 70 yards. Uh, he's good. He's been so good. He was like you know, stepping up. Eric All is done for the year um, with back surgery. And he's, he stepped up since All's been out. And uh, I mean, even the, even the start of the year, he's, he was really good. Um, just so solid. And now he's like, but he's like, he's being fairly dynamic in the passing game. Like he looked good on crossing routes and all that. So love the Scooby. Yeah, this, this tight end class seems really fun. We, we mentioned Michael Meyer. We mentioned Darnell Washington. We talked about Dalton Kincaid a, a few weeks ago. Yeah. You, you, you mentioned Schumacher. I, I, I mentioned Kate Stover. And we haven't even like. St- dug into it a ton yet but there's just been a, a lot of guys who've taken a big step yeah there, i think there's a lot of depth in this class yeah definitely um my last one a guy who i i debated to put for my best defensive prospect but i ended up with ringo uh katrell clark uh one of our favorites the louisville corner mm-hmm. was unbelievable against wake forest he is such a feisty mf'er um two tfls a sack a pbu and a pick six the, the sack he he took on the running back one on one on a blitz off the edge, and showed off some flexibility as an edge rusher. It was sick. Um, the pick six, he just kind of jumped a, a hitch route, housed it. Uh, he had this one pass breakup where they they ran a screen, and, and I think one of the reasons we loved him so much over the summer was his his ability to trigger, get downhill, and blow shit up in front of him specifically screens. They ran a Wake ran a screen. And he was downhill so fast because he saw it, hit it, and he just killed the receiver as the ball hit his hand. So it was uh, incomplete. Uh, it was awesome. Wake Wake was a top 10 team and turned the ball over, I think it was eight times. Saved us. the Louisville by like 20 points and, and saved us. Uh, sa- yeah, job. saved his coach's job. That's how you know he had a good game. Uh, I'll give you two more. How about the deuce? The deuce was loose. I loved it. Uh, 150 yards touchdown and the receiving touchdown too. I just, I just, again, this running back class is so good. I hope he lands somewhere fun. I mean, we saw a lot of running backs traded today at the NFL trade deadline. Te- teams are teams got some hungry, I guess, uh, some hunger there. So he's fun. And then uh, two more offensive dudes. Um, opposite of Quentin Johnson, I I think Savion Williams is so much fun. He's just a big dude, six five two fifteen. Um, you know, just bodies had that had that touchdown to seal the game. Um, bodying out the DB, uh, three catching, ninety seven yards, a touchdown. He keeps making big plays, and, and the uh, Keandre Miller too at the back has been good all year with Evans gone. Uh, 
Had like 10 yards per carry in this one for over 100 yards and a touchdown. Uh, TCU's actually fun. They're actually fun. TCU's really fun. I mean, when Quentin Johnson's a freak show in terms of size and athleticism on one side, then you get Savion Williams, who's like obviously not to that level, but at the college football level, that's a tough cover. Yeah. And Barber out of the slot. It's just they have a lot of weapons. Yeah, they do. Sonny Dykes actually knows how to use them. He does. Um, all right, you want to get to sliding down? Yeah. Uh, top just, guy. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, please. I, I just wanted to quickly, like, I CJ Shroud's not sliding down the board, but mm. for half the game against Iowa, maybe a quarter of the game against Iowa, Iowa's offense was so bad it didn't really end up mattering. And and then into this Penn State game, specifically the first half, I thought you did see CJ Shroud's flaws and, and, and where you'll see the difference between him and Bryce Young. He doesn't do well. Uh, when moved off his spot. He doesn't do yeah. well extending plays. He doesn't play out of structure well. Penn State, Manny Diaz did an incredible job. Blitz the hell out of him. Like, it might burn you on the back end, but CJ Shred struggles on the move. Um, still finished with 354 passing yards, a touchdown, average over 10 in attempt, and, and completed nearly 80% of his throws. So, still. But I do think this is the game you would point to this season where you'd be like, this is what he doesn't do well. That is not to say he shouldn't be one of the first two picks in the draft. I just think agreed. Yeah, him and Bryce Young have are are, are very different, and it's uh, interesting. Yeah. He also had that thing with with you know the issue dealing with the play clock too, which I thought was kind of that was weird. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, I'm gonna blame the the play clock positioning in Penn State. Like, you yeah, know, roll box. Game, yeah, well, hard was... to see, but it was weird. And he was getting them late in accounts, and you know had the delays. Uh, the, you don't love to see that either, but yeah. strange. Yeah, it was strange. But but luckily, Will Levis went ahead and reminded <laughs> us that like there's no contest here. CJ Stroud and Bryce Young are so much better than every other quarterback. I thought it was a, like an embarrassing performance from Levis. Uh, well, nine, I, yeah, go ahead. I just, I just think, especially when, kind of like Will Levis has been the guy trumpeted as QB three. Yeah, could be even higher than that. In uh, opposite side of the field is the kind of the guy who's become the contender with that. Yeah, maybe more so on draft Twitter than in larger in the larger media as a whole. But to to see one on one side and then the other, it's just like, yeah, I don't know. Is this really even a debate? Yeah, for real, like. Like he he didn't look close to being a top one hundred pick. Never mind QB three. I thought like ninety eight passing yards, three interceptions, three point six in attempt, fifty nine percent completion. And Tennessee's got a good defense, but yeah, I mean, like he he doesn't have much help. Like I'll give him that, but like he's making himself look bad all on his own. Like I will. I'll go back to this too. AJ is uh, I think I, I said this after the Ole Miss game. Kentucky seems to like very much lean on Chris Rodriguez over Will yeah. Levis. Yeah. I don't know. That just it says a lot to me. Agreed. I mean, like he takes bad sacks, and and the, the, honestly, it feels like they're bad sacks, not just the like offensive line game beat. He's drifting and like, and you know what I think it is like everything like like oh look at the arm talent. One of his interceptions was a brutally underthrown ball. Oh, he's a great athlete. He's constantly getting sacked, and he's not making plays out of structure. Like, why don't we see him convert those plays to you know, to rushing yards? Like, yeah, I think he had negative rushing yards with the sacks. Like, I I don't understand all the positives that you threw out there with, with Levis. Come back in the game as not positives. <laughs> like, I, I struggle. I struggle. I think 
Okay, so the the first INT, sure, one off his receiver's yeah. hands, but yeah. he threw it. it, it he, the the receiver was very w- well covered, and it was almost like a hospital shot. Like the mm-hmm. the the other DB was coming down on him. The second he INT, I don't know how you explain it, it, that one. Brutal, right? yeah. Like there was three Tennessee volunteers there, and he tried to throw. What was it like a hook? Yeah, and 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 the corner just sat on it and stepped in front. And yep. yeah, you mentioned the the third one was a deep shot, and he just the, the a better ball like that. The throw that was there. Have been a big play. Yeah, the throw was there. Like he, the receiver definitely had a step, and he kind of just didn't throw him a catchable ball and intercept it. Well, it was catchable, um, just not for the receiver. Correct. Um, he doesn't feel very accurate to me. Like even like. You know, like like the place where like okay, I see what people maybe are talking about. You know, stepping up the pocket and ripping it. It's like the throws are off. I, I don't, like it's. Ugh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't see how anyone could could talk themselves into him as a first round pick. You know, if we're talking third round, you need a developmental guy. I'm not there, but I can I can get it. But you know, like I, I yeah, I don't get it. I think the the important thing is. A GM is going to get themselves fired because they think they can turn <laughs> Will Levis into Josh Allen. Yeah. And it's worth noting that Josh Allen had a far bigger arm. Like, not to say Will Levis doesn't have a big arm because he does, but Josh Allen had a far bigger arm. Yeah. Was, a, I think, a far more athletic passer. Yeah. He's an anomaly. <laughs> That's the very important thing. He is an anomaly. Yeah. Uh, he also played at Wyoming where it was harder for. I think him to develop <laughs> Craig, Craig Bull's not necessarily a Q, QB guru, um, but whatever. And the talent he was playing with was uh, much worse. Um, he also landed in the best case scenario, insanely uh, good culture in Buffalo, perfect structure for everything just aligned perfectly. I don't think that's going to happen for Will Levis. I don't know. I, I can't believe the fact that there's like actual talk that, he could go ahead of a Stroud or a, or a Young. It's, it's ridiculous. That's re- like, like I do ridiculous. Like, when he goes ahead of Hedden Hooker, it's gonna be annoying. I'll understand it though. Like I've I've seen crazier thing. Like you know what I mean. Like, but yeah, it's it's yeah, it sucks. Anyways, who else do you got? Um, I thought Javon Dexter had a tough showing against Georgia. Yeah, he got. I, I agree. I put him here too. I've again. I was going to talk about it later, but yeah. I mean, and you can throw Brenton Cox for just quitting the team if you want. Slide down the board, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, De- Dexter, who we've seen in in earlier in the season, he is hard to miss at his size with mm-hmm. his athleticism. But like, yeah, Van Pran and that George offensive line was kind of blowing him off the ball. Uh, there wasn't a lot of pressure interior from the interior on Stetson Bennett. Um, Dexter's kind of gotta be that dude for florida to win these games or at least be competitive through the end of these games yeah i just thought he, pretty quiet from him um interesting matchup for him again this week against that a&m interior too so yeah definitely um and and i just want to say nolan smith yeah i put him tore his pack yeah he's out for the season he had a he was having a kind of a quiet game not a quiet season yeah he, he has um, been the torn pack is really interesting because I think the thing you're getting like Nolan Smith's a huge culture guy. Yeah. Uh, they they say he's like the leader in the locker room. He's a freak show athlete. He's a little bit undersized, obviously a bit of a tweener off ball linebacker edge rusher. Um he's having a pretty good year, but not maybe that top fifteen pick type of year 
that some of us thought he could be. Um, and then he tears his pack, and I, I, I think the thing with him was, like, despite however this year went, he was going to go to the Combine, and he was going to put on a show. Mm-hmm. Like, I was hearing, like, sub-444, like, low-44s. Four yeah. Yeah, and now with the torn pack, I just don't know where that stands. Yeah, no, that, that that's very true. I put him here, too. I feel like not a lot of, like, these, you know, interesting preseason edges have stepped up. Other than like probably Tyree Wilson, the king. You know what I mean? Like, like I mean, Will Anderson's uh, Miles, Anderson. Miles Murphy. Miles Murphy has as, but like you know, he's really he's been as he was supposed to be. Like if you want to frame it that way, right? But like I mean, like after after those guys, yeah. Foskey, I'll, I'll touch on Foskey. He's been okay. But anyways, um, I'll give you I'll give you two more. Um, guys are kind of like you know not so much like big time prospects are falling, but like. Jacoby Windman's had a lot of a lot of hype this year, uh, you know, coming off the off Just the start. Suspended. Yeah, off the start. Yeah, but like I thought, like on the field, uh, they the, he's playing like true off ball in this game, and it didn't look good I, in my opinion. Like you saw some of the flashes, but like like Scoomaker got him on a couple routes. He did get him ni- like back with a nice like uh, coverage in the end zone, but like uh, I don't know. I didn't think he looked too sharp in the run, and then he was involved in the tunnel incident, and he was uh, suspended finally today. So. He was uh he was off ball last week too. Yeah, which I think it's just interesting in general. Because I mean that's what he played before. I don't, yeah I don't know. So his, who knows with this this is probably a bad bad game for his stock. And also sticking to the Big Ten, uh, Tinsley Tinsley didn't look very good. I know it's a you know lower prospect, but like five catches twenty four yards. Had that one really 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 bad drop. Just kept bobbling it for days. And he's been a little uh, wishy washy too this year for Penn State. So. Um. I put Garrett Williams down as well because he ended up tearing his ACL yeah. this year, and, yeah. which really sucks because because he was he was helping himself a ton this year. He was totally a lot of shitty injuries in both NFL and college this this week. Um, what do you think of Sean Tucker? Uh, not very impressive. I didn't I didn't put him anywhere. He had that one twenty one yard run, and I feel. This way a lot when I've watched Syracuse this year in the bigger games and now their offensive line instead of Bergeron hasn't been very good. Yeah, but I don't know. It's 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 been a. I feel like a, he's left a lot to be desired. Agreed. Yeah, I, I didn't put him anywhere, but like, it, you know, it's it's funny too because like Syracuse has been playing so great and like if I told you before the season how you know uh, Syracuse's record and the games they've been in you know at least prior to this week. Um, you would assume that Sean Tucker is maybe leading the country in the in rushing, you know, like, but he's been he's been okay. I don't know, not not great, not not bad, I guess. Yeah, interesting. Uh, anyone else? Or you get to out of nowhere. Let's let's do out of nowhere. Who you got? I'm sticking at running back. I, I mean, I think the least surprising out of nowhere's to go with is probably a Georgia running back, but Dejon Edwards was was really 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 good. Um, against Florida, 12 carries, 100. Excuse me, 106 yards, two touchdowns. Just like really, really good vision. I thought that was the, the key to his game. Uh, a touchdown was just on the, you know, they, they ran a little pull and he just followed it perfectly. Found a, like a whole out of nothing. Uh, runs really hard. Um, I, I think the broadcast called him like Nick Chubb 2.0 or something, which was okay. But, anyways, Edwards looks really good and uh, McIntosh looked he good did. too. But, um, oh. go, go ahead. I'll stay in that game. I'll go with Amari Bernie, who I mentioned earlier. I thought he was the Gators' best player. Uh, he, yeah. He on that Brock Bowers touchdown. That's just 
Brock, like that sucks. Yeah. Brock Bowers got you. You were good, in good good position in coverage. You deflected the ball. Brock Bowers just got you. Yeah. He had a, another another one where he's running like step for step downfield with Kenny McIntosh in coverage. He had the interception. Um, he he looked good blitzing too. I thought he was their best player. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. Uh, who made you look stupid? So stupid might be a stretch, Rob, because I'm so smart, but. And like, but like honestly, and he's still probably somewhat overrated. But Zach Harrison has definitely been playing well this year. Like we mentioned, had the had the interception off the off the JT tip, but it was a nice play by him too. He juggled it like just just really good job reeling that in. And like I just think he's defining more of a clear role for what he can do at the next level. You know, he's not this premier edge that they were hyped him up for years as being. But like, you know, just a big body dude, solid run defender that has really turned that up this year. I thought. Kicked inside. Kicked inside versatility. Like, we've seen guys like that go in the top 100. And, I mean, that's where his talk has been since he came into college football. And, like, I don't know if I'm there, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if that that's where he ends up, right? Day two kind of guy. But Yeah. So, he's, he's done well for himself. Uh, I'll go with Cooper Beebe, who I do love. But I, I talked some negative on him last week. And uh, him and the Kansas State Wildcats came out and mollywopped Oklahoma mm-hmm. State. You talked about Deuce Vaughn earlier. Cooper Beebe was a big reason Deuce Vaughn was running through massive holes. Just a people mover, uh, a true power guard, a I power like merchant, if you yeah. will. I will. Yeah, he, he, he looked a lot a lot less sloppy this week and a lot more physical. Yeah, he did. Um, your prospect versus prospect matchup was uh, Florida's D-line versus Georgia's O-line? Yeah, I'll give you one more, though, if you will. And it's two guys we've already mentioned. I put uh, Isaiah Foskey versus Matthew Bergeron. Same, same. That was the best one. Yeah, it was, it was great. the best true one-on-one. Yeah, it was. It totally was. Go ahead. Uh, I thought Bergeron played a really good game again. He did. He, he gave up the one sack that uh, Duke Merriweather quote tweeted us, trying to defend him, I think. And, yeah, okay, it was on the quarterback. He should have stepped up. But, I mean, fucking Bergeron was, was about to be on the ground. Anyways. Yeah. Other than that, though, Bergeron, it's, it almost feels like, you know, he, he's playing, you know. That, you know what's great for Bergeron? He keeps getting tested with really, really, really high-level edge rushers, which is a lot of fun. And like, maybe they'll get him once, but not again. He's putting up really good tape. Um, his Like, even from big media, it sounds like his stock is rising quite a bit, but, like, kind of quietly. Um, he's helped himself big time. And, I mean, we got to cheer for that because uh, we love Quebecois offensive linemen. Yeah, and Foskey, I, I thought, played a pretty good game, too. He did. Big part of the reason uh, Sean Tucker wasn't doing a whole lot. Like, I don't know what to think of Foskey's year as a whole. I, I think it's going to be one, like, you know, he's it's it's not been, like, terribly unproductive or anything like that. He's been, the numbers are there, but, like, I think it's going to be one where when you sit down and watch, you know, come come draft season, you're going to be like, this guy was having way better games than I think you could you could give him credit for watching live. And it doesn't help that, you know, Nerdy has been pretty blah. Yeah. Uh, who will play the box score for you? This is where I put Joey Porter Jr. <clears throat> he had the he had the one pass interference on the Fleming go, uh, which was the right call. But other than that, yeah, he locked down his side of the field. And, you know, it wasn't Marvin Harrison Jr., but. Um, I put Jalen Carter because I couldn't believe he only had one tackle. I, I know. I, I originally had Jalen Carter, but then I'm like, oh, I think we'll talk about him somewhere else. Yeah, because he, he, was, he was fantastic. Yeah, he, he clearly, like, he. I th- he should have like I think he should have had two two sacks with Anthony Richardson wasn't such a you know wasn't so athletic, and, and he did have uh, like a play that led to a sack. Yeah, yeah. Where he 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 just I think what was it a club swim against left guard, and uh, he had J- J- Anthony Richardson and 
Richardson shaked him and got sacked anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, yeah, he had a couple of plays where he's just in the backfield and, and again, coming off the injury and it's been a shitty year for him in terms of the injury, like not, but when he's been on the field, he's looked awesome. He has. I, I'm interested to see what happens. Like if he, but I, I mean, there's theoretically George's got a lot more games to play. So if he, if he stays healthy, I think it, it, he'll be just fine. But I wonder what will happen if he doesn't play a ton of a ton down the stretch. Uh, if he would fall or everyone would understand that he's just one of those blue chip type of guys. Yeah, I think that is interesting. And, you know, he's at a position where, you know, it, it, it's it's so varied sometimes. You know, like ideal could go from two to, you know, the second overall pick like, you know, Quentin Williams was or like, you know, just getting undervalued. It's it's it is interesting, and he'll he'll be interesting. I, I will also say maybe what if George's defense is struggling a bit this week, and he's like, you know, on a strict snap count, will they just rotate him in more because they need his need him to get home on on Hooker? I don't know. It's gonna be fun. Uh my overhyped prospect is a guy who I had seen mentioned by I think specifically PFF people as a top five quarterback in this class at times, and that is Sam Hartman who had six turnovers against Louisville, three interceptions, three lost fumbles, um, in that weird slow mash, and just, yeah, he just continuously put the ball in conflict. I went with not a quarterback this week, and I I, try, I had to go a little down on Michigan. Not a, not over, a super overrated, you know, overhyped prospect, but, like, um, Cornelius Johnson, like, it's always, like, kind of like the guy that, like, people keep trying to be like, oh, watch out for him, and then he just doesn't deliver. I had had a fumble, only one catch, seven yards. I think he was offside too. It was kind of like the, a real lackluster performance against State. Um, so yeah, he looks like he should be good though. Hundred percent, he's talented. He just yeah, he doesn't step up. I'll give you three Louisville transfers who popped on the scene. Your boy Tyon Evans, the running back, yeah, fifty-two yard touchdown where he just destroyed angles. Uh, the receiver Tyler Hudson, a Central Arkansas transfer, who every time I watch, he just is very, very technically sound. Six catches, 77 yards. And probably the best of the three, Jarvis Brownlee, their corner, who's a Florida State transfer, um, who, like, played at Florida State, uh, had a PBU, but just, like, continued to, in deep coverage against the slow mesh, look good against A.T. Perry. I I am just going to go back. Well, I mean, I technically haven't talked about him, but I, I just shit on Michigan, so i got to prop him up. Oluo Timi has just... Been so great this year. Like we've talked about it, but he's been so crucial to to you know to this Michigan line being fantastic again. And like they've they've been running so much pin and pull, and he's been like just so instrumental in all of that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, he's he's winning the Remington again. Lock it in. That's all I got to say. Agreed. Uh, finally, small school guy who caught my eye. Speaking of Jarvis Brownlee, uh, yeah. Uh, Jason Brownlee, the Southern Miss receiver, three catches, 102 yards, two touchdowns against the Raging Cajun. Um, made a couple of acrobatic grabs. A mm. big athletic guy who's putting up numbers this year. I put Brownlee too. Like good size, a six three two oh five. Uh, yeah, he's fun. He's fun. I already got my small school guy for next week. By the way. Yeah, we. I think we all do. This guy's a stud. Stay tuned for next week. Even when Brian, you don't start for Brian Hartline, he knows you're talented. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, college football week ten picks. Uh, I did poorly last week. I went one and four. How'd you do? What? I thought we got a push. Wasn't it? Wasn't Michigan? Michigan State a push? Minus oh, twenty two. Was it? I think so. Yeah, one three and one. Twenty two and a half. 
Oh, shit. Okay. 22 and a half. Okay. Give me that win then, baby. Two and three. Let's go. <laughs> go stay. <Congratulations>. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. Wow. Was that the perfect situation for you? You cover and the by half a point. Easily? That That is perfect situation. Absolutely. Yes. I'm happy for you. So yeah. that means I am 500 on the season, I think. I don't know. Okay. I'm 26, 18, and one. Yeah, I, think I'm, I need a bounce back week. Yeah, I'm 21, 21, and three. I don't even know if that math adds up. There's so many numbers. I don't know. What yeah, I don't means. know. Let's let's pick this week. Uh, okay, a couple of huge games and uh, nothing else. Yeah, continue. Nothing else. And and one of the one of the huge games I I think is a pretend huge game. Um, yeah. But let's start. I'm going Thursday. I'm getting yeah, funky. I like it. No November's for group of five football in my opinion we got matching on tuesdays wednesdays how about a sunbelt fun belt thursday game 7 30 p.m espn app state at coastal carolina this shot to clears who have have long been an important team to this podcast mm-hmm. three point dogs on the surf turf disgusting insult disgusting. to the country i believe i don't know I'm just I'm I, I just have to trust Jamie Chabwell and and uh, and Grayson McCall and the Chanticleers uh, have our boy Sam Pinkney the Georgia State transfer. Um, they they have our boy Gerard Clark at nose mm-hmm. tackle. Mm-hmm. This this is a, a talented seven and one program, but at the same time, Appalachian State's the most confusing team in the country, where they can get down fourteen nothing to Georgia State. And then win by a lot. Should be a or fun game, though. They'll they'll beat Texas A and M and then lose to Marshall, one of the worst <laughs> teams in the country. Um, this is a fun game, both because when these two play, it's always fun. But there's also prospects to watch too. Like Cameron Peoples having a good year. Nick Hampton's having a good year. So it's a good one. Did it you is pick a good this? One. No, I didn't. I didn't pick it. Oh, you're a coward. I am a coward. I'm gonna go with the phony big games. Uh, Jumping to noon. Or- or is it because you love both those teams so much? You just I, I couldn't pick. I just want to watch. You know, I don't want to have, have anything on the line. Uh, okay, I'm going to go with a phony big game. Uh, noon, ESPN, Florida at Tamu. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't really want to watch it. Tamu is minus three. Um, <laughs> I'm. I'm going to go off the back of Jimbo trying to save his ass and and Wegman being pretty good. So I'm going to, I'm going to take the Aggies minus three. Um, Florida just—I don't know—you can't trust them. You can't trust them right now. They're not—they're not—they're not good, but they're not terrible. A&M is—is <laughs> just. This is like I don't know. This is just like a cursed football game right now. I think, but hopefully it's Absolutely. close. And I'm—I'm going to take the Aggies. I, I feel like it's entertaining because they're both cursed. Yeah, it's—it's right? it's, yeah for sure. Like it—it's definitely the game. I think it's the game to watch at noon, right? Technically. Definitely, yeah, it is. Because Ohio State's about to kill Northwestern. Yeah, who I'll be taking 12 p.m. Uh, ABC number two Ohio State at Northwestern, who even makes Iowa's offense look competent. Um, when 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 do we start uh, talking about this uh, this Northwestern head coach here, AJ? Mm, next year he'll he'll have them back in the championship game. So probably Buckeyes minus 38. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> Thank you very much. Why is this game on ABC? Like, why does the nation need li- to see the Wildcats die? Literally, I think it's for me. It's like when Ohio State Toledo was the ABC new game. No, like that, that one's three. I'm always cool. With, I get that one, but not this one. Like, or is this the or is this a trap game? Is this the trap game? 
No. no way. There's no way. There's nothing there for Northwestern. Yeah, I, I, I would say maybe if like they didn't make Iowa's offense look good. Exactly. Um, yeah, Ohio State minus 38, free money. Free money. <laughs> uh, wait, are you taking that too? Of course, yeah. I'm taking oh, okay, State. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. 3.30 CBS, the real game of the week. Because um, Gary Danielson's on the call. That's my guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the reason. Whatever Gary's doing, that's the game of the week. We don't talk enough about how, like, Gary Danielson's entrenched in, in, like, SEC culture, but he, like, played at Purdue, you know? He, it's so true, but, like, he feels like a good old boy. He feels like he played at Auburn. I could have sworn he did, so, yeah. Uh, Number one, Tennessee. At number three, Georgia. A game with legitimate playoff implications. Um... Georgia's eight and a half point favorites. I yeah, think. yeah, it's a lot. But it's also like, are we surprised? Probably not. Well, can I just seem? What? Can I ask you something? Like, what does the playoff committee think when they see that Georgia's minus eight and a half against the number one team in the country? Like, what goes through their minds when they see that? I don't know. That's why it should have been one and two, and then you could be like, okay, yeah, Georgia's two, but they're at home. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Go on. Sorry. I don't. I feel. It feels a lot like '98, AJ. I'm just saying. I I think I gotta take the Bulls plus eight and a half because they they've they've given me no reason to not take them. They always cover. True. Um, I I'm taking Tennessee I, for the grand conspiracy of the SEC, in which their ultimate plan this year is to get three playoff teams. That's why the Vols are number one in the country. So when they lose, sorry, they they, they win this game, they lose to Bama in the national championship game. That way, you know, Alabama just be the number one team in the country. They have to be in the playoffs. Georgia only lost to the number one team in the, you know, lost to the number one team in the country. They have to be in the playoffs. This is a grand conspiracy from the SEC. The same thing happened last year to, to organize it the way they had it. So it would be an all-SEC championship game. That's why Tennessee's uh, not covering. They're winning. That's I why. also want to point out that, like, in a shootout, if it be- somehow becomes a shootout, like, Stetson Bennett didn't play that well against Florida. Two, two interceptions. Um... Tennessee, I, I think just if it goes to a shooter, I think Tennessee wins. And if it doesn't, like Tennessee has a pretty decent defense. Yeah, they do. I, I think that's like it's been really underrated this year. Um, what do you think the game script is going to be for this one, though? Like, okay, first of all, do you think do you think the Vols are going to win, or do you think they're just covering? I think they're just covering. Okay, so what do you like? Do you see this a low scoring game, like where? You know, Hooker makes a play here and there, keeps them in the game, and then you know, Georgia just or or do you see a shootout? No, I th- I think it, it it ends something like. I think it's tough. I, this game can go thirty four. Oh, okay, or okay. So yeah, a, like a, a well, you know, which is over. Game. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. I honestly couldn't tell you. I think it's gonna be interesting. I think the Bulls will take like like come out hot, uh, in Georgia, kind of. We'll just fight their way back in, fight their way back in, maybe get a big defensive play, and uh, eventually pull away, but not cover. I told you, Tennessee's going to win outright because SEC rigs these games. But if they're they're playing it straight, Tennessee would cover. 7 p.m., NBC, number four, Clemson at Notre Dame. You got this one? Yeah, I got this one. I'm taking the Tigers minus four in South Bend. I'm taking the Tigers minus four in South Bend too. I just I refuse, like that Clemson defense alone could cover this. I think against that Notre Dame <laughs> offense. Agreed. Even if DJ like if DJU plays or he, apparently he is like Will Shipley just kind of had his breakout. I think they'll maybe 
have a better game plan, I would hope. Uh, D- I DJU just... eats the Irish, too. Don't forget, baby. That's a good point. Uh, finally, the real game of the week. 7 p.m. ESPN. Number 6, Alabama. At number 10, LSU. LSU being ranked 10 is so funny. <laughs> where are they the coaches? Like, are they even... Like, where are they, 16, 17? I don't even know. Yeah, I think... The, uh, the AP had them 15th. Um, I just love, like, Florida State's unranked. Florida State beat this team. Um... <laughs> But whatever, it's great. Brian Kelly's the best. Bama's 13-point favorites at LSU. I refuse to believe Brian Kelly can cover a spread against Nick Saban. Death Valley at night, Rob. Come on now. Yeah, absolutely uh, not. Oh, also, I'll, I'll, if I, I, Alabama knows if they trounce LSU and one of Tennessee and Georgia has to lose, like Alabama's right back in that playoff I thing. Told, all three of them are going to be in the playoffs. I already told you. Anyways, yeah. So that, and yeah, and so is LSU when LSU also wins this game. <laughs> No, the LSU is just you know the fall guy. Brian Kelly is still not in the SEC fraternity like officially. He doesn't get the credit yet. In in five years he will. Don't worry. Um, Bama minus thirteen. Yeah, lock it in. Lock it in. And that's a wrap. Back to the max.